All right, we are live. We are up. We are out here on Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, getting through the year on episode 231 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. Um, On the podcast today, we have a man who is going to tell you why you shouldn't draft Travis Kelsey in the first round, Andrew Clark. Uh, because he might get hurt. I'm just realizing I have my mic in the wrong spot. Oh. Cut this. Cut this, Lucas. Eh, cut. Cut. You shouldn't draft Travis Kelsey in the first round because he hurt his knee and maybe you can get him in the second. Yeah. But we don't know anything about it. No. I mean, you you shouldn't draft Travis Kelsey in the first round because we would all know that what you're trying to do there is right on the coattails of one Lucas DeRider, a man with the stones to draft Travis Kelsey in the first round. You'd just be a dick rider, and no one respects that. So You'd be dick riding D-Rider. Yeah, Don't do that. Yeah. Let, let Lucas be his own man. You trying to figure out how to be an individual, even though all you are is a dirty, dirty copycat shill. God, can I make the title of this episode Dick Ryden D Writer? Or would that be that probably doesn't work in text as well as it does vocally, does it? No. People don't <laughs> know how to pronounce my name. That's okay. D Writer. I feel like you got that in high school, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. for a little while, but eventually people just started calling me Big D Writer, and like, yeah, that was weird. Ryan, what's the weirdest last name? Ryan Holt's also on the pod. What's the <laughs> weirdest last name or most important? What memorable last names from your high school? Go for it. Uh, Gudenschwager is definitely Jesus a good one. Jesus Christ. Um, what job is guy. that? What? How did you... I, I don't know. Go, I remember go, how to spell Guden water? Gudenschwager. Gudenschwager. Yeah. Um, we had another kid he was from a different school. His name was Vanden Langenberg. I feel like that was the longest last name I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, five syllables. I think we've talked about Gurgle before. We had a we had a guy whose last name was Gurgle. That's a classic. Yeah. You gotta love it. Wisconsin last names. It means brother-in-law. Schwager means brother-in-law. So Guten Schwager means good brother-in-law. Good, or something? good brother-in-law, yeah. There you go. Hey, fuck this person's sister. They're great. Go for it. Uh, but then, yes, I am Lucas DeRider. And uh, PSA for people listening to it, uh, listening to this. Um, when you go out on like a hike and you see a couple of signs that are like, hey, you should bring at least like a gallon and a half of water with you per person on this hike. Uh you should do that. You should follow those signs. I went on a hike recently uh, outside of Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, met up there with my partner, Maria. Um, we met a young woman on that trail uh, who didn't bring water. And I she, she would have died. She would have died if we weren't there and gave her some of ours. And also, like 
carried her on the last stretch of that hike. She didn't bring any water or not enough water? Not enough water. Like one water bottle, like 32 ounces, which is. God, what? That's like a quarter of a gallon. If that. Yeah. yeah. Do some math. Uh, math Twitter, do your thing. Was it hot or why? Why did it, she almost it die? It was Arizona. Of course it was hot. Um, Flagstaff, though. It's like 7000 feet, right? Uh, that sun, though. That sun don't stop. Yeah, yes, that's fair. Uh, yes, it was very hot. Uh, very exposed trail. Not a lot of coverage. Uh, beautiful when you get there. It was like a very uh, mountainous hike. And then you get in the middle. And then there is a... I don't know if it's technically an oasis. If it's like not in a desert, uh, but the mountains instead. But like really cool lake with some waterfalls. And uh, I went cave swimming. And that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh but then, yeah, no, very going towards it, it was all downhill. But then coming back, it was all uphill in the afternoon heat and exposed. And yeah, a uh, little dangerous, a little dangerous to not bring anywhere near enough water on that. Yeah, that's how wild. long of a hike was it uh, on the way back? Uh, four miles. Four miles. OK. Yeah. All uphill. All uphill. Was her phone not working? <laughs> uh, this was remote. This was like. A reception. There you go. Yeah. They did have signs up that were like, 200 people every year have to be rescued on this hike. Don't be a statistic. Bring enough water. Yeah, it sounds like that's a pretty common occurrence. And she's lucky, yeah, you guys didn't have to like go back and get someone to I get her out of there. Quite frankly, it was for to- uh, fortuitous that we like over prepared for this one that we brought like too much water because <laughs> we we would have been fine with two people, three people, though. We were like, oh, that is all of our water and we still have a quarter mile left on this hike. That's OK, but mm, a little concerning. It wasn't possible. It was necessary. Yeah. Speaking of things that are necessary, or maybe not, Starfield came out. I don't think any of us are playing it, but uh, we should probably talk about this piece of media that had more hours go into it than the Manhattan Project, uh, well, being decidedly less impactful on the world than the Manhattan Project. You guys hearing about Starfield at all? Is Starfield curious? I saw a little. I mean... I'm I'm a sucker for a good space game and mm-hmm. I you know we all played multiple Bethesda RPGs. I mean, if it would have if it would have come out on the PlayStation 5, I probably would have bought it just because. But as it stands right now, I'm not like oh man, I really wish I had an Xbox right now or a high-end PC capable of playing it. No. Yeah. Like, I'm it looks a lot fun of, enough, but... Yeah, I, I'm seeing a lot of people comparing it to, like, modern RPGs, and, like, isn't this just the Bethesda problem of, like, Bethesda makes Bethesda games. Yeah. yeah. And you're not... They're not gonna be... It's not groundbreaking in any yeah, way. They're it's, not gonna be comparative, like, uh, engine-wise to some of the modern AAA releases. Like, I saw someone comparing, like, it to Cyberpunk 2077, and that and like it's like oh like this attention to detail when you fall a long distance into water you just 
kind of land on the water like an old-fashioned 90s game and like cyberpunk you like dive under the water and your arms like spread and you know you point a gun at someone and they don't care you point a gun at someone in cyberpunk who like the cops are called on you and they point their gun at you you know like the adaptive ai so and it is just like yeah that's not bethesda though like and and i think the most of the stuff that i've seen from the people who are actually like really playing the game and getting in depth is like yeah the first five hours it's it's jarring it's it's weird it's kind of janky and you're like oh i kind of remember why i don't like bethesda games and then then it sucks you in then you then you find the niche that you really enjoy and you play through it and you love it and you're 40 hours in and you're like holy shit i'm a space pirate every every like review and like person talking about the game kind of said the same thing of like we know how this sounds but if you play at least a dozen hours then it will start to get good but like those first dozen hours are really mid and like not all that exciting and then i think video game donkey in his video that he put out about it today was like I think most good video games aren't even 12 hours long. (laughs) (laughs) So the fact that you can have this much like to start the game that isn't good is like really fucking weird. But then, yeah, like when you get into your groove, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. And that there's just so much fucking shit to like to do. And I mean, yeah, it's it's your classic, but it's a Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you don't like Bethesda, yeah, you're not going to like this game. But if you're one of the people that have sunk hundreds and hundreds of hours into Skyrim and Fallout, like you're probably gonna like it. You're you're probably gonna think it's pretty good. It's for you. Yeah. Like if it, you know, down the line ever comes out on PlayStation or I, you know, upgrade my setup or something, yeah, like I'd I'd probably fucking buy it. Just try it out. As long as I'm not I don't have too much other shit going on. I it's kind of on some ways, I, like, respect Bethesda for doing this, for sticking to their guns for, like, this is their first major, like, open-world game release uh, with enough time where they could have, like, studied and learned from uh, Bre- The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which a lot of people call revolutionary for this no, kind of they've, game. And they've, they're like, they've been not, working on not this us, shit. fam. Dude, they've been working on this shit for so long. That's, that's why a lot of this stuff feels dated, is because they probably started making this game before they started or before they finished making fallout 4 mm. yeah this game th- like they've been working on this shit for a while i mean think about what elder scrolls i mean what is it gonna be what's the new elder scrolls it's game that's just gonna... six right now El- know, think about what happens when elder scrolls 6 comes out they'll have been working on that game for over a decade the base of that game will be so dated it I... might be you know, an, an upgrade uh, mechanically from Skyrim, but it's not going to be like a, a modern video game. It will be a time capsule. The... It's kind of it's kind of incredible, actually, how Bethesda was just like 2011. This is us. This is video games yeah. for now and forever. They found their thing that works and a lot of people like their shit and Starfield is selling like hotcakes. And if the reviews are, yeah, it's good. I don't think they mind that too much. I don't think they like are really all that ingrained in getting a 10 out of 10. I mean, it's, I do wonder what like the internal expectations are for this game. Uh, because while it is 
like very much, this is Bethesda's style of video game. This is a new IP, like in their style of a video game. So that's probably working against them in sales numbers, but also like, yeah, so much time went into this and we have no idea when their next game is coming out. They were acquired by Microsoft over the course of the development of this game. I I wonder what success looks like for them, um, especially with, uh, and maybe I'm mistaken on this, if you have Game Pass, you can you can just start playing this game for free with Game Pass this week. But just this week, or uh, so the game released last week, like properly, or maybe it was like a buy this limited edition of the game, get it a week early, quote unquote. Or I don't know, video game release dates are weird, but uh, no, it, Starfield is going to be on Game Pass this week, and, and okay. like in perpetuity after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the economics of video games are weird and seemingly unsustainable to me. The economics of most entertainment media is being revealed to be more and more like not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. In general, as we get more and more fragmentation of every single audience, like, yeah, doesn't seem like a lot of the models that people are working on are super sustainable in the long term. I haven't seen a lot of discourse about like, I mean, Game Pass was initially pitched as like Netflix, but for video games. Uh, And it's since been revealed that Netflix is deeply unsustainable and has only gotten so big because they like dicked over everyone working for them, every creative person working for them. Um, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket. In reality, right. they they got so big because they were just Wall Street's darling. Like, oh, that's also true. Because they just were propped up by investors for a decade and able to not make money for eight years while they just hoarded like investor wealth and added more and more content. Like, yeah, and sure, they cut every single corner fiscally possible so that they could eventually become quote unquote profitable. But like, nah, man. <laughs> That model wasn't really sustainable from the beginning and it would just get more unsustainable if they actually had to pay people fairly, which is why this strike is probably never going to end. Ooh, infinite strike. Appellation, the studio behind the Saints Row games, it ended uh, because the, the conglomerate that bought them, the Embracer Group, did not get $2 billion from the Saudi government to keep making Saints Row games, I guess. It's funny because that's the uh, the free, like one of the free games this month yep. on PlayStation Plus is the Saints Row reboot. And like right before that launched, they like, yeah, no, we are, we're done. We don't exist anymore. It's the, the woke remake sunk them. Wait, why was this one woke? I don't know. That's what people say. I I, I saw some people seemingly legitimately mad uh, that like you couldn't you couldn't make the tits as big in this one as you could in previous Saints Row games. Um, yeah, wow. is that is that what woke that, means? That sounds that sounds woke to I think me. That's textbook woke, Lucas. What? That's classic. Oh God, woke. I don't want to be anti titties. Like, how do yeah. I? Oh God, woke, woke people are against big boobs that's just fact jesus christ who am i yeah are you woke lucas because 
I don't know, man. That's pretty sus. How do I, how do I be pro? Like, how do I be pro equality? but still pro big titties like what, wow. what goes how why are you as a man interested in breasts that's pretty gay <laughs> i mean Wait, I you like sex gay. you think sex is like fun <laughs> like you're just even, disgusting even with the opposite gender <laughs> i mean that's i feel like that's the weird i don't know if you guys have seen the stuff around like sex scenes in hollywood and some of that discourse of like yeah how zoomers are now prudes it's like wait what what happened here what? like i i still don't fully understand that but yeah i okay i i fully believe that a 16 year old like gets finds out like learns feminism 101 from the internet and is like oh the objectification of women is bad and so Sex scenes are terrible, and any piece of media that features them is terrible because they're not developed enough, have not lived enough to be like, oh, wait, there's like a nuance here. And also, like, physical intimacy can be its own kind of experience and in line with like those values. Um, yeah, yeah I like see how core, children get there. A core part of what makes us human beings. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it should never be on screen, it's always no. gratuitous. Yes. Always disgusting. It always objectifies women. There's no such thing as lesbian sex scenes. They've never happened. No, no, it's, it's impossible. Some some of the leading feminist filmmakers, they never do sex scenes because it's terrible and bad. And I don't know this. That discourse was just like, wait, are Zoomers? <laughs> ah, Zoomers. I thought you were cool. You're starting to. Uh, that that's a scary path you're heading down. <laughs> yeah, no, they. It's like straight up the 1930s. Yeah, the Hayes Code. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. So the average zoomer cannot tell the difference between a Hollywood Oscar darling sex scene and any video from kink.com like identical to them. That, that, that I saw that argument. They were just like, no, if you want graphic sex scenes, go online and look up porn. <laughs> it's just a like, graphic what? graphic. That's what people say. Like they're, they're like they watched Oppenheimer and they're like, whoa, she she rode him and there were and there boobs. Like, that's, was, the sex scene, was the sex scene weird? Yes. Sure. Was yeah. it offensive? No. Like, also, Later. Florence Pugh is like famous for like wanting her nipples to be shown. It's it's like a whole thing that she's got going on. I'm just like, I don't. That that was that was the big ba- the basic yeah. thing is just like that any any time where there's like nudity or like actual displays of sexuality human sexuality on screen beyond like the implication that then they had sex it's like a train going just, down a tunnel yeah you should just go watch porn like and it's just like that's so that's disgusting right yeah. like <laughs> we we can thinking that that's like a healthy expression of human sexuality. Is the actual disgusting thing. Or or also thinking that the reason that, you know, being okay with sex scenes in movies is because you are getting sexual gratification from it. Yeah. It's like, I I have never gotten off to a sex scene in a movie. It's it's not a thing that you do if you're a healthy individual. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 Adult. I was gonna say I think there's yeah. plenty of kids. Well, out sure. There. If you're 14, it's different. Yeah. It's it's what you got, and like it's because mm-hmm. it's what you have access to. But like, yeah, it, those sex scenes aren't good in the movies or like you know good for media or whatever because of the physical enjoyment you get out of it. It's because it's an expression of the human condition, and these stories are discussing the human condition, and that's a part of it. Like right. Oppenheimer was a womanizer. Like part of his story was that he was fucking a bunch of women mm, and yeah. not really thinking too much about it. Yeah, exactly. And understanding the struggle of his wife, who is a developed character and has like her own agency in this story is, yeah, like the fact that she has to look at her husband and imagine him literally openly cheating on her with basically zero remorse <laughs> yeah like that's that's an important part of the story and if you didn't get that it'd be like what the fuck are we doing here so you know i, I have some complicated feelings about uh florence Pugh's uh direction in the film uh emily blunt though just killing it as like you yeah. are you, you are a fucking loser a yeah. unhappy relationship yeah. like perfect and i think that's the point is yeah, yeah like florence Pugh is not meant to be like florence Pugh's character is not meant to be the developed like well-established woman like she is meant to be the foil mm-hmm. to emily blunt who is the actual like lead character in terms of like who the fuck is oppenheimer <laughs> like who is this fucking weirdo and yeah how, what makes him tick I kind of related to the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like, I, I forget exactly how he worded it, but when we're first introduced to Matt Damon's character in that movie, in Oppenheimer's, you know, being all coy and like, oh, so you finally came to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like eventually, like your name didn't come up because of how much of a piece of shit you are. He's like, well, what do you think about me? And he's like, I think you're a piece of shit for all of these reasons. And like names all the fucked up things about him. And it's like, yeah, Oppenheimer sucks. This guy, <laughs> this guy is such a piece of shit. But like also like he's a complex character. Like yeah. being a piece of shit doesn't mean that's the only thing that you are. It's a reminder of, yeah, humans containing multitudes and history's greatest monsters are not black and white. Like just bleh, they just feasted on orphan brains and just like every waking moment of their life was figuring out how they could inflict as much pain as physically possible. And that's what our culture likes to do because we want to otherize the people that are considered quote unquote bad. And it's like, nah, they're you. <laughs> they're, they're literally all of us. Most, in most cases, they're your, they're your neighbor that you kind of think is a dick who got elevated to a ridiculous position of power and abused it at every chance they were given. I kind of related to this. Um, and like, I, Young people listening, feel free to okay boomer me into the sun if I'm off base on this one. Have you all noticed that like a lot of people on the internet are like engaging with fiction, like all fiction, as though they're young adult novels, and that seemingly that took off like right after we graduated high school and like really stopped reading any young adult novels? Interesting. I I that's not something that I've noticed, but like, yeah, I mean, expecting this black and white world and everything like that is very i don't know it's a very basic understanding of cinema 
and just like storytelling in general, yeah. not, not allowing. Like I, I love whenever someone makes a thread of like, which villain was right? And everyone just names every villain and they're like, because of this reason. And it's just like, yeah, like it's like, I don't know, like naming some villain that they're just like, he had a really rough childhood. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, do you think all bad people were like good like they had great situations and that's how no like something fucked them up <laughs> like, thanos was right because he had a good understanding of resource management yeah <laughs> such a fucking dumbass yeah uh, thanos doesn't usually come up but like i yeah. don't know like i feel like magneto comes up always and they're just like i mean his history it's so fucked up like it makes sense and it's just like it's trevor <laughs> trevor phillips yelling my daddy wasn't nice to me yeah it's like you've got he's got reasons like it's okay to have reasons yeah, but mo- to say they're in the right yeah motivation's not, not the same as being right yeah you don't I, understand what makes this person a villain then if you think they were right uh okay via collider uh 15 movie villains who were right all along uh i'm sure there's one that's right because that's i feel like that's an interesting filmmaking concept if someone makes a villain that's actually right but a lot of times it's yeah just they name the reasons that the villains are villains so let's Uh, go hold on uh lord cutler beckett pirates of the caribbean (laughs) he was just a guy doing his job just because like pirates are bad is that their motivation Pirates are bad, and, so he's good. And the British colonial army yeah. is very, very <laughs> great. Uh, Beckett wants to rid the world of piracy, which was highly rampant in the era the film takes place in. I don't know if his motivation was ridding the world yeah. of piracy <laughs> yeah, as like much as protecting British influence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. A little bit of a disagreement on that yeah. one. I think cops, we can all cops want to cops want to rid the world of drugs, it's crime. Like, what? Uh, I think we can all agree, though. Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins. Oh, fuck. al Ghul, albeit like an interesting and like well-directed take on this kind of character, but still boils down to like a 10-year-old's understanding of the cool villain that's like, the world's a fucked up place, (laughs) so we should just start from the beginning and burn it all down. I've yeah, I've not seen him come up on this list before. That's that's a bold one. Like I don't I don't what are they even saying? Just like Gotham sucks. Like uh yeah. He's right. Yeah. I mean they're He's gonna, right. Gotham does suck. It's like cool. Darth Sidious is gonna be in there. Darth Sidious was <laughs> just wanted to like bring order to the galaxy. <laughs> uh next up Killmonger. Ah Kill, yeah, Killmonger not, was like He's meant yeah. to be more gray, I feel like. I feel like he's meant to be a foil to like the black and white Black Panther universe of just mm-hmm. like, no, nah, Wakanda's great and being like, nah, man, isolationism is not always uh, the fucking answer. The <laughs> world Christ. is a bad place and we should be trying to fix it. I'm choosing to fix it through violence against <laughs> those I perceive to be wrong, but yeah. like pre- still pretty decent motivations. Nah, and, yeah. and Killmonger was doing it fair and square right like, yeah killmonger didn't really cheat he just kind of just kind of beat t'challa <laughs> like, no, he didn't cheat at all he, he yeah. said like let's fucking one v one me bro and in, the, in the, his ass in the tradition of wakanda i am going to fight you and then i'm going to win legitimately 
And I'm the bad guy. <laughs> no, no, Killmonger is far and away the best so far. Still, still think it's an oversimplification, but yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to entertain this one. Next up, the bad guy from the Simpsons movie. Russ um, Cargill, the EPA. Yes. Yeah, actually, I'm sad I know that guy's name. Uh, Russ Cargill from the EPA. I don't, yeah, no, not really. Uh, Syndrome, The Incredibles. What? I don't. <laughs> that, that's it's, fucking nuts. You're... I'll sell my inventions. And when everyone's super. I. Oh my God, Toxic Fandom, the character was actually right all a lot. Jesus Christ, that is hitting an audience he, he um, killed how many superheroes oh, yes dozens who, who were openly like flawless like in the incredibles universe superheroes aren't evil like there are no, no gray the superheroes are yeah. all the, this people. is not the boys like yeah. these, these people are just the good guys he killed dozens of people that like made the world a better place. (laughs) Even in the propaganda reel, they say, who are they now? Like, they're just among us trying to do their part and make the world a better place. Like, that was why Mr. Incredible became an insurance adjuster is because he was like, we're trying to help people. Like, that's what I thought this industry was. And yeah, he was fucking, like, super (laughs) weirdly optimistic about the insurance industry. But like, that's why he got into that field. Like, they are trying their best still, and he just murdered dozens of them so that he could be a superhero. Uh, Ava from Ex Machina. Is she a uh, villain? Yeah. I don't think she's the villain. I don't. I still don't know how I haven't seen that movie. Oh, you gotta watch but, that movie. Yeah. No, like Oscar Isaac is the villain in that movie. I yeah. Even I know that from the trailer for that movie. <laughs> yeah. She's she's definitely just a victim and she's, is looking for agency. Exactly. She's she's a plot device more than any like interesting that they think consider her the villain. That's I wonder who wrote this article that they. I don't. Man, I don't call people out by name, but like, man, yeah. bitches be crazy. That's the takeaway of X Machina. <laughs> like what? <laughs> God, uh, the hyenas from the Lion King. <laughs> is this a comedy article? Like I don't even. Collider is a legitimate. I entertain. Well, they're a little bit of a content farmer. They can be, but like, yeah. Real life hyenas are, yeah, objectively villainized in a fucked up way. Mm-hmm. Where like lions are the scavengers, and a lot of times hyenas, hyenas don't scavenge. Like hyenas fucking oh, kill yeah. shit. They're terrifying, but like in the Lion King, they're, they're just fucking grubby, like minions. They, yeah. <laughs> they weren't down for social. Re- they weren't in there for the social revolution. Pointedly, they were just like, "Oh, we get to fuck up some shit." Hell yeah, yeah we down yeah. in the in in Scar's song, which is a bop. Like I listen yes. to that shit unironically sometimes because it's epic. He's literally like waxing rhapsodic about how powerful he will be and he'll bring order and all this stuff. And in the background, the hyenas are repeating over and over, we'll have food, lots of food, we'll have meat, endless treats. Like they're literally just... All they give a shit about is like, we'll get to eat, like, yum. And Scar is like, I'll be the king, this will be so grand. And they're just like, that food, woo. Number five, General Franco. (laughs) (laughs) They're literally just brainless minions. That's so weird. Uh, David Bowie in The Labyrinth. Forget about the baby. I've never actually seen that movie. (laughs) I I just know that line. 
I forget about the baby. <laughs> okay, this article might be having a laugh because the following yeah, is one is a joke. The government in ET extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this article's a joke, right? Is it going to come at the end and he's going to be like the Loch Ness monster that demanded three fifty? Like, I, I want. Mm. This is an interesting option for number six, considering some real world shit. Uh, Ed Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That the principal? Yeah. It's mm. just like, you gotta be in school. <laughs> I, I'm going to break into your house. He's, he's in the right. Kids should go to school. I'm against racism and truancy. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that actor... Uh, did he? Oh, uh, he did something fucked up. I just can't remember what. The actor who played. The... Oh, I oh, think you're right. He, yeah. Oh, he was the yellow face guy, wasn't he? Oh, no, he. Did, no, it wasn't. He had child Rooney. porn. Yeah, no, he was a pedophile. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Ed Rooney. Yeah, Ed Rooney. Oh, okay. Ed yeah. Rooney was the, the character. Jeff Jones. Uh, Jeffrey Jones was the actor. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hector, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I don't... The bank. Or not the bank, the hotel guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Yeah, it's Tim yeah. Curry in Home uh. Alone 2. Uh, what, so what is he... Okay. Only one suspicious of a lone child using a credit card to book a hotel room. But he's not, like, going about it the right way. <laughs> you know, he's like, trying to kick the kid out of the hotel. He's not yeah, trying to, like, streets. figure... Yeah, yeah, he's not, he's trying, not trying to be to... like, where are your parents? Let me help you. He's, he's like, like I'm going to send you to jail, you fucking eight-year-old. Uh, number four, Ken from the B-movie. Ken's in the right. Ken yeah, is Ken, like, Ken, yeah. Patrick Warburton in the B-movie is the only sane human in that entire story. He's uh, like, I barely, yo, I, what? <laughs> I barely remember that movie. I was fucking tripping out on COVID vaccine. Um yeah. That movie but, was a trip, dude. Like I, yeah. I mean, I was wasted during it, but like, fuck, man, it is uncomfortable. Yeah, he he was just a guy who was like, you shouldn't be dating a bee. <laughs> That's weird. I, Stop it. Get some help. I, number three, Bruce from Finding Nemo. The the villain of that movie is circumstance. That's man versus what, nature. Yeah. But, he is yeah. definitely not the villain. N- no, he it's his whole thing. He helps them out until he has a mental lapse. Like yeah, he he's is a fine, genuine good. He, he's a protagonist. <laughs> he's on their side. I. Number two, The Wolf, Puss in Boots. I uh, haven't seen that movie. Um, I've seen it. And yeah, The Wolf, again, not the fucking villain. Mm. Like mortality. Uh, it's. God yeah. Uh, and then number one, Roy Batty, Blade Runner, which is like, I. No, still, again, not the villain of that movie. Okay. I want to do another list. I want to I get some more legit ones. Oh, my God. There are two bylines on this. Two people came together. And decided this is it. The Roy Batty's. Auto... Oh, sorry. Go. What? No, Roy Batty's whole thing in that movie is that, like, at the very beginning, they tell Harrison Ford, "He's the bad guy. Go get him." And at every single step along the movie, they're like, "No, he's not the bad guy. He's just trying to fucking survive." And like, you keep trying to kill him. Stop 
he's not the bad guy. And then they're like, he was the bad guy, but he really wasn't. <laughs> Dumb. They're I... listing Otto from Wally. That's one of like the auto the ship's autopilot uh being being good. That being actually right. It's like I no. Mean, it's not okay. right. Yeah, like again, like people are confusing like has motivations with is right. It's like Otto is specifically told like to to obey or you know to not let the humans return to Earth. But he's doing malicious shit that is like against the actual mission of the humans in order to follow that directive ruthlessly. Like that's not I don't know. It's it's strange that people yeah. are like, no, that's he's right. Ozymandias is right. I'm <laughs> in, in, in watch. Wait, is that legit? Is that did somebody write that? Yeah, no, that's up there. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan. They're literally saying like Ozymandias is right. He killed millions of people and that avoided nuclear war. And it's like interesting it's, it's within the text of both I mean, the movie and the comic book that like no that wasn't ultimately successful like it yeah but okay. dr manhattan said he's right and he's the smartest man al- alive or some shit i don't know the ah. screen slaver from incredibles 2 <laughs> you guys watch incredibles 2 no. Oh, damn. That's good. But you didn't Is either, it? Lucas? I did not. No, I missed that. Oh, one. fuck. No, it's good. It's fun. It's a romp. Um, you guys didn't watch Better Call Saul. I didn't watch Pretty Little Liars. I'm sure you didn't either. Captain Hook from Peter Pan. <laughs> Which version? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, people are talking about the original version, which, yeah, I think it's more Peter Pan is kind of the like did the okay horrifying yeah. monster in that that's one. also like the least like child predatory version of captain hook and yeah. that i can recall i'm not yeah squidward, i'm not an expert on the subject no i don't think squidward's the villain of spongebob like there is no villain listing. of spongebob i mean maybe plankton, plankton yeah i think plankton's, yeah, pretty, plankton's pretty pretty universally a villain there dr doofenshmirtz i don't think he's a villain either like I just, he was a single dad working two jobs, trying to provide for his daughter, getting foiled by a platypus. Like, yeah, well, I. Okay. Yeah. Lex Luthor. And they used the screenshot from like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. What? Lex <laughs> Luthor? I don't know. Why don't, why don't people get weird with this? Why aren't they like the rest of society in birth of a ne- everyone besides <laughs> the ku klux klan and birth of a nation come on it's that right there funny. yeah nazi propaganda films the allied soldiers in yeah. the nazi propaganda films <laughs> that would be funny if, it, if it's told from the wrong perspective just the objectively wrong perspective just like any of woody allen's foils in all of his movies <laughs> They're actually uh, right. He is weird and creepy. Tyler Durden in Fight Club. He can't technically be the bad guy because he doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, they're saying I root for Luther. I like he continues. He isn't cartoonishly evil, but a nuanced villain who understands how dangerous and all powerful alien could be. But Superman's not bad. Yeah, Superman's good. It's like being like 
I, I mean, there is no example of a nation state powerful enough to like end the planet who's not done some like seriously evil shit. But yeah, mm-hmm. just like, oh man, France has the power to destroy us all. I think we should kill France. <laughs> no, no reason not to kill France. Like, what if if there's even a one percent chance that they are not our ally? We need to treat it as an absolute certainty. <laughs> I know that was Batman, but still, like, it doesn't make I, any fucking sense. Like that logic. Yeah, I mean. Hey, uh, Lex Luthor's motivations, same as Batman. It's just Lex Luthor's mom wasn't named Martha. <laughs> I... Also, why are these all, like, I don't know, pop culture? Like, mm, come on, get get weird with this one. Like, make an argument. Brendan Gleeson and Banshees of Inishirin, actually the good guy. He just wanted to be left alone. Come on. He didn't want to just be left alone, though. He... He just wanted to be left alone by this one specific guy. <laughs> uh, his toxic ex, Colin Farrell, yeah. Not toxic. Literally, <laughs> the whole point of that character was that he wasn't toxic in any way. Didn't respect just boundaries. Bo- just boring. And <laughs> then Brendan Gleeson turned him into an awful person, therefore, therefore making him worth hanging out with. Um, Vulture from Spider-Man: Homecoming, the f- the first Tom. He Holland was just Spider-Man. protecting no! his workers. <laughs> like, it, it, yes, in the beginning, Vulture is not the bad guy. By the time, like the time jump happens, <laughs> Vulture is like openly making millions and millions of dollars off of stolen alien technology, <laughs> like, and selling it to criminals. Yeah, <laughs> like it's no longer a matter of. Yeah, he was in the right and they fucked him over. Like that was the beginning, yes. But uh that's not how it works, fam. Nicholas Cage in <laughs> Lord of War. Uh fucking Nicholas Cage in Unbearable Way to Massive Town. No. <laughs> Agent Smith. I don't even know how that one what? happens. Like just machines. The machines. machines. <laughs> They do have Roy Batty, which I know you said, yeah, not the villain. Skeletor? I haven't seen enough of He-Man <laughs> uh, to know why Skeletor uh, oh, man. is the good is actually right. That's like saying uh fucking Cobra from G.I. Joe. So yeah, Skeletor, anti-monarchist. That's what they say. They're like, he was really lonely surrounded by incompetent people and just wanted to get home he-man could have shared the power of the gray skull i don't know what any of that means but i feel like it's a show made to sell action figures and his name is skeletor i don't yeah. <laughs> i don't think the creators intended any level of gray <laughs> um let's see what else i think there's only a couple more mojo jojo i don't i don't know uh he's sympathetic but he straight up wants to murder people and take over the city he wanted to bring free energy and advanced technology to the people in one episode is, he actually did he made that the what world he wanted an amazing to do? place and then the powerpuff girls ruined it all i, I don't know what that is is he wanted to take over he wanted to take over the city yeah um and he kept doing schemes instead of like running for local office until he can fill a until he can win a mayoral election yeah I mean, I, you know, I can sympathize with, you know, making your own way instead of like trying to play along with the corrupt system of government. 
now. No. So I'm not going to participate in this in this sham society. I'm I'm going to make it better myself. No. With with my human brain in a monkey body. I'm reading this Reddit comment that someone wrote for Killmonger and oh boy. And it, and it but it, it's like I'm going to start off by saying like I'm a black person who grew up in a neighborhood like Killmonger is like blah, blah, you know like but then the way that it's just like you, uh, I can understand why Killmonger would grow to have resentment towards white supremacy, colonialism, and imperialism. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to come from that type of background. You also don't have to grow to become resentful of those things. Yeah. Though They're just inherently bad. That you should immediately not like, just I, off the basics. Always a chance that this is a child writing this. Um, but another thing I've noticed... Do you guys notice that people are like less likely to assume that something is bogus on the internet? That people aren't just lying all the time nowadays? Yeah, I mean, definitely at least the I was talking to Ryan about this a while ago, like the kind of shit that I'm seeing on the internet now. I think I'm probably being targeted because of like my age and demographic, but mm-hmm. just so much heinous lying yeah. and like giants are real and the government's hiding them from us and we live in a dome and uh fucking aliens built the pyramid you know like the classic like ancient alien shit but then also some other weird like new like made up conspiracy theory stuff tons of like pro-russia stuff oh my god yeah like really really racist stuff um a lot of anti-india shit that's just made up is that tying um, into like great replacement stuff that popped off after 9-11? Like, is it like in that vein? Like they're from, I'm seeing stuff from non-English speaking countries and I'm like having to translate stuff and it's mm. like, oh my God. But also like stuff that's just certifiably false. Like I'm seeing racism from a group of people that I didn't know about towards another group of people that I don't know about in a country on the other side of the world. Um and then, yeah, like a lot of like super conservative white supremacist stuff um, that like is all just like made up racist facts. Um, and then, yeah, like weird science isn't real stuff. God. I, yeah, it, the Internet's a bad place. I'm like, I can't even be mad because the Internet has always been full of scammers, but I feel like people were less inclined to believe them before the Internet was as like superfluous as it is uh, not superfluous uh all Ryan, the t- thing as it is now t- tell us what you were telling me like not that long ago about like the algorithms driving yeah interaction by like any means necessary and like it, that kind ba- of shit yeah basically like it's stuff that i've studied a lot actually and like even in academic context but yeah like the modern like ideal of like our, we talk about bubbles that we all experience. Mm-hmm. Like we even say like, Oh, did this pierce our bubble and everything like that? Like that's literally driven by like an, an incentive to just simply drive like time. Like you're literally just looking for eyeballs any way that you can possibly get them. And people are more inclined to interact with things that they agree with, whether or not they're true. Like people, people's preconceived notions, like it, it basically starts an avalanche effect of like, I, believe like that that's what red pilling is basically right. it's just like i believe that like no women only date like bad guys and like they won't go out with me because i'm a nice guy and then 
it serves you something that's like a little down that path of like, mm, what if I told you that like, you know, it's actually impossible and it's unfair and and then just like keeps and and every six like successive step takes you further and further down this path to like the point where yeah, if you were served up the most ridiculous alt right like misogynistic post when you first Mm -hmm. like started you'd be like what the fuck is that bullshit and you would have never believed it but the fact that like it's an incremental creep driven by yeah this like uncaring algorithm that only wants you to like click that next thing yeah it's a it's a scary rabbit hole that's like actually developed especially on like youtube like Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of those conspiracies really came from because it's so easy to literally create a timeline of like you go to this video and then people who watch this video tend to click on this video. And the people who watch that video tend to click on this video and like the recommended, literally you can chart like a descent down into like extremism. And sometimes in like, not necessarily a negative way. Sometimes it can just be kind of more extreme views that I think the three of us have kind of fallen more or less in line with is like, yeah, like, when when we were fucking 15 we'd probably be like mm, it's kind of insane that you just want to redistribute everyone's wealth like rich people worked hard for their money and like but over the years you get served more and more shit that's just like oh well wait there's definitely some nuance here and like the concept of a someone with 200 billion dollars is should be an now we're heading to the supermarket it. Asking what seasonings go best on a rich person's thigh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, when you think about it, capitalism kind of goes against every religion. <laughs> like, yeah, it requires some critical thinking, like, for sure, in order to avoid any of those traps. And, like, people consume misinformation on both sides of the aisle all the mm-hmm. time. It's just a matter of, like, do you want to believe it? And if you do, you'll probably go for it. Uh, and, you know, there's constant. confirmation bias of Mm -hmm. like if you you can still be exposed to shit that you don't agree with but you're going to like disregard it for the most part it's like uh you know when when barry was trying to find a podcast that told him that murder was okay uh and he just like eventually found bill burr's podcast about how murder was okay (laughs) and that's he latched onto that one because the other ones didn't tell him what he wanted to hear Sure, it wasn't funny, and the show wasn't any good, but well, that's a sign. Good example. <laughs> um, what a lovely tangent. I don't know how we got there, but I'm glad we did. Uh, after buying total control of the company back from Penn Entertainment for a dollar, uh, David Portnoy is laying off about 100 people, roughly a quarter of the total staff of Barstool Sports. Uh, this announcement came via a YouTube rant conducted by Portnoy who claims that the company isn't profitable and that remaining staff will have to, quote, step the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, he knew. He knew when he bought it. It was just like, all right, I'll just lay everyone off and work my way back. It's costing him nothing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It cost him a dollar. Yeah. That's... That's how you know that, like, uh, you know, something is uh, valuable, that the journalism, that the writing being done on a platform is worthwhile when it literally cannot operate unless uh, gambling ads, an industry that makes infinite money, isn't, uh, yeah, isn't propping it up. Is Barstool journalistic? (laughs) 
do they even attempt to pretend like that they're journalistic? They're, I feel like they're main source of engagement and ad revenue is just they f- take other people's posts and they no. post them with their social media accounts like that's their whole shtick and then they have you know somewhat high paid uh personalities that have podcasts and stuff like that that drive engagement there but that's it also their system for reviewing pizza is flawed you can't judge a slice of pizza off of a single bite. <laughs> we know this. Advertisers know this. It's it's a thing. It's the Pepsi fallacy. I don't know ah. that's Barstool's policy so much as Dave Portnoy's. <laughs> I don't think the Barstool company is like, you must judge a pizza by one bite. That is the only way to judge a pizza. I mean, I don't know. In some ways, I think Barstool... I think Barstool is very informed by David Portnoy. I don't think it'd be too far out of like the realm of accuracy to say, yeah, Barstool is just an extension of David Portnoy and his belief system, but eh, maybe I'm no. reaching on that one. No, I don't disagree. Yeah. Y'all have seen this Burning Man shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's those... funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the site of Burning Man, uh, middle of the, I think, Arizona desert, um, saw a bunch of rain, unseasonable rain, uh, so much so that a lot of people got rained in. And desert turned to mud. Yeah, they were stranded there. It woke up some petrified shrimp. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and yeah, a bunch of kind of the worst people, kind of like so firstly republicans just a lot of republicans at burning man but then republicans stereotypes of what they think liberals are also attending burning man like those people don't really exist but the handful that do go to burning man um (laughs) yeah so they were all there uh there was no like formal reporting all of this because reporters couldn't get there (laughs) uh so everything we heard about it was self-reported um Including reports of cannibalism, uh, which is probably bogus, but also I don't fucking know. It would be the place for it. People can live for a really fucking long time without food. Like, I'm I'm sorry, if you're resorting to cannibalism after two days without food, like you were predisposed to cannibalism like that's yeah it's something you went to burning man for and it worked out for you you could eat someone and you were given a a flimsy excuse like army hammer reported at burning (laughs) did you see the weird conspiracy theories that spread specifically on tiktok about like a virus outbreak in particular like ebola and shit like that like yeah tiktok tiktok's a little fucking rough same with um the maui fires like with the oh, space lasers yeah. and stuff like it's it's yeah. that same vein of like it went viral on tiktok and it's weird so we're gonna like give it a conspiracy angle and yeah there are people like that there's an ebola outbreak and they're not letting anyone out not because it's impossible to get out but because... which we can all see we can yeah. We can see that the reason that they're stuck there is that they can't <laughs> physically leave because of the mud. Yeah. I, did did they cre- did the government make a rainstorm to keep the Ebola outbreak there? More, yeah, just like uh, there was an Ebola outbreak, and then the government 
used as used it to their favor that like you can't leave there has been in the past like rained out burning mans Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like before like mass social media takeover and like before burning man was as big as it is now so like it's happened in the past so then people use that of like no it's happened before and like it was fine but like this one's different like it's clearly something going on there's reports of like bloody blah blah you know like it's it's yeah it's weird shit man and there's and like you said there's no legitimate reporting and the whole like twitter verified thing lends credence to Jesus whack jobs Christ, yeah like it's uh yeah <laughs> the venn diagram of people who would play pay for twitter blue and would go to burning man pretty close to a circle um <laughs> jesus uh but no ebola yeah uh very very easy to believe that uh, there was an Ebola outbreak, that there's some kind of mass government cover-up, more so than it is to believe that, uh, you know, human-influenced climate change is making rainstorms worse in ways that uh, could directly contribute to an incident like this occurring. I gotta gotta read you this statement that I found about the whole cannibalism thing. Bring it. Um, A small group of survivors... Okay, again, like, this is somebody claimed... Survivors. Uh, Yeah, a small group of survivors were trapped by the trash fence overnight during the rainstorm and were forced to consume one of their campmates before making the several-mile dangerous trek back to camp on foot. They were the... They could... According to this claim... This was that that night. (laughs) Yeah, they, they... Spent a night in the rain and had to eat somebody <laughs> as a result. I don't think people understand. Like, no, it's clear that like people have not gone extended periods without eating, and they're just like, Yeah, you fucking I get hungry after like eight hours. You must die after like 12 hours. Like, yeah. Like, bro, I, I was in the hospital, I didn't eat for a week, and it was <laughs> relatively fine. Like I had potassium pills it was chill <laughs> like it, it's somewhat i think most adults in their late 20s have probably gone at least a couple days without eating before because they got really sick like mm. it's just it's fine it's fine guys food's not the problem like water y- yeah maybe <laughs> lack of like bathrooms yeah sounds it think... sounds it sounds gross sounds yeah, fucked up. got some pr- some problems but yeah. like food <laughs> Food is literally like least concern. You're fine. That's because all these people did fucking Molly and they're like, man, I'm so thirsty right now. Like, I I can't wait to drink a bunch of fresh water. <laughs> I did see a lot of people that were like, some people are keeping the party going. And I'm like, that seems irresponsible. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Doing, no... doing drugs in that environment seems... I, risky <laughs> there's no like medical evacuation at this point yeah. and maybe i'm maybe i'm a square maybe i'm a fucking fogey but i don't know how many people were there because i saw one report of seven thousand and one report of seventy thousand, and i'm i don't know which one of them is closer to the truth maybe it got significantly reduced by uh the weather i have no uh... idea though CNN says stranding more than 70,000. Okay. So that is a lot. Uh, also, one last bed bug I had with this. Uh, a lot of people calling this the next fire festival. That's inaccurate. Fire festival no. 
was a sham from its inception. Yeah, the right. whole reason that Fire Festival failed was because it was not planned and designed to just take a bunch of money all at once. Right. This Burning Man is a long-running thing that and it's like decentralized natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole point of Burning Man is it's like yeah, decentralized. You just make a city in the middle of the desert and everyone just does whatever and like makes it work. Like that's the idea. So yeah, like the fact that it failed is a reflection of humanity, not like the reflection of a single con artist. Like yeah, we suck. Mm. Humans are bad, but and that's that's why Burning Man failed this year because it was always going to fail eventually. Ugh. Just like everything else. Andrew, you finally saw Oppenheimer. What you think of it? I did. Uh, I thought it was really good. It made me scared. <laughs> it gave me bad feelings, but also I thought it was really good. I saw it. I did find. I did actually end up seeing it in IMAX. They brought it back. Hey. I'm so excited by that. Yeah, um, that movie was so fucking loud. Like the the music and like the moments like early in the movie with like. The visions of physics. It's the strings. Like, the strings yeah. in the beginning fucked me up too. Yeah, man. no, dude, that shit was. Yeah, it's like, oh man, this is doing stuff to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have nightmares about physics, and if you didn't have that visualization, you'd be like, what a fucking loser. <laughs> like, yeah, and then you're like, oh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I see you. You see this hidden, uh, unmistakable universe that is just almost un 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 understandable like and you're trying your fucking damnedest i get it uh the the shot of like the cloud line with with all of the the rocket jet stream like you can't see the rockets you just see the trails of like what is like surely were rockets and it's like oh oh (laughs) fuck and then and then also just like a really good story. And like I, I liked the timeline, like the way that they played with the color and hmm. you know the the three I you know, three main periods of time, and then also like the intro at the beginning of like young Oppenheimer. But um I, I liked what they did there. I liked Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I thought all the acting was really, really good. Like we said earlier, Emily Blunt fucking killing it. I mean Killian Murphy also just the man has I don't I don't even want to say he has chops because it's kind of like, yeah, we all know that Killian Murphy is a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about um, like, did, did you go in with any knowledge of like the Strauss case and everything like that? No, his... none. None okay. at all. I, I knew almost nothing about the man Oppenheimer. And like my, you know, I knew about the Manhattan Project, and like you remember I knew- our meme in college where we would, yeah, stare off into the distance. It's like now, now I am I become, become death. Tums, destroyer <laughs> yeah. of hurt tummy. <laughs> Just like put whatever we want in there. Yeah, that was a um, weird running bit, and I've explained it now to like dozens of my coworkers and like acquaintances, and they always go like, "You, you were weird in college, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, in college." Yeah. Yeah, we were we were a weird group, that's for sure. Those um, girls are all boobs and no brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I it's it's a movie that kind of played to a lot of like personal fears and anxieties that I have, but also like a lot of like just 
interests that I have. Like, I am not a physicist. I we have physics 107. I think we that's did, pretty. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're basically yeah, physicists. Yeah, no, like I, I could probably design an atom bomb. Yeah, uh, in a video game. Yeah, um, you remember like, muons and I. I love learning about that shit. I'm terrible at math. I can't do any of it myself, which is why I, I never like pursued it. But I love learning about space. I love learning about physics. I watch tons of YouTube videos about this shit. I read a lot of articles. So like this was all like soup. The the gritty details that were supposed to show just how like above board these people were. I liked that shit. Like I was like, yeah. oh, I know what that is. Like, yeah. that's cool. I can't do it. But like. Yeah. Big fan. snapping oh I, I remember that term like yeah yeah when when you get to quarks and like subatomic sub quark part and you're just like what the fuck the strange and shit like yeah, that and like, you're like what is happening yeah, here we i so jade was on my youtube account a couple yeah. days ago and she was like flipping through because i was logged in on the tv and she ran across like a i think it was like a kurzgestadt or like a pbs space time video and like the thumbnail was just strange foam and then Jade's like, what the fuck is strange foam? I was like, uh, it's like a, you know, like a, a huge mass of like strange quarks that lead to like blah, blah, blah. She's like, what? <laughs> what? We don't Why? get it either. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, look, I don't understand it. I just know what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You asked for a definition, not an explanation. And I can give you that. That's, yeah, that's, I feel like I'm in the same boat there where it's just like, I am familiar with these terms. Do I understand them? Absolutely fucking not. Like, I remember when I remember one lecture in particular where TA in Physics 107 was explaining like dropped electrons. And I just, whoa, like, I was just <laughs> like, I don't, I don't got it. I don't, I don't, I've lost it completely. There is no explanation where I will ever understand this. It's fine. We're moving on. <laughs> And I, I really liked the subjective nature of like the different points in time and like how like when Strauss was talking about all the times that he had worked with Oppenheimer and why he hated him that much. He even had like a different voice. Like it right. was like a much more like, oh, hoity toity. And I, I couldn't figure out by the end if that was because at that point he had embraced his like position in society and like right. was trying to like have influence or a politician. Yeah. Or if that was Strauss's perception of him as like a uppity scientist kind of deal. But like either way, I, I really liked what they did there. And then, yeah, just a lot of good lines, a lot of good history. Obviously, they didn't like deal enough with the actual impact of the atom bomb. But that's not what the movie was about. The movie was about Robert Oppenheimer and like his take on things. But yeah, I I yeah. really really enjoyed it. It hurt me mentally, but yeah. I, I had a good time. I saw. Like, I feel like a core of like the blowback to the movie is just like, yeah, it didn't focus on the victims of Hiroshima and Nagasaki enough, and it's just like, oh, uh, without it being like creepy war porn, mm -hmm. like I don't know what more you wanted than him stepping into the chest cavity of a charred corpse as he's as everyone's chanting USA in the background. Like, I think, yeah. I feel like that's, that's about as, you know, far as you can go with a symbolic statement without just having a camera on the ground at Hiroshima as the bomb goes off. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. You, you're really going to leave the, the perception of your main character to just 
be like look at all of these people dying so yeah and i mean like the the whole concept of like robert oppenheimer is the most important man to ever live like you know that's a phrase i've heard before in the past like doesn't owe to the fact that like he was responsible for these untold deaths and you know of, of innocence that were not necessary <laughs> Yeah. That, you know, ordered by the actions of a government that did not have any of their interests in mind. But because of the potential devastation that could be directly tied back to this one person. Right. It's like Robert Oppenheimer is the most important person to ever, ever exist, you know, in this idea. Because if the world ends in nuclear Armageddon, which is like always a possibility, there. There is a guy that you can draw like at least some of the blame to, which, which is kind of crazy. But I think movie... that oh god, oh, sorry. I think yeah. that people also like greatly overestimate how difficult it is to make an atom bomb, like which is a part of it. You know, like the the, the idea that the atom bomb is only was only uniquely possible because of the United States of America's position and because of great scientists like Robert Oppenheimer. I feel like the movie does like make sure that you're aware that like that this guys, science is fucking hard yeah there's like, guys that robert oppenheimer defers to like he's not a uniquely qualified individual to pull this off there are people who are better than him at pretty much every aspect of it it's just he was the leader like he he is the single like force that got the credit and will get the blame when we all die <laughs> like and that's fair enough but like yeah, the Nazis were making an atom bomb themselves. It mostly fell apart because Hitler's a fucking maniac. Mm -hmm. um, and in reality, the American project would have eventually succeeded without Robert Oppenheimer. Would we have dropped an atom bomb on Japan to end World War II? Maybe not. You know, like if we maybe, would have fallen behind, maybe yeah. they would have just surrendered. Yeah, like, like in a couple, we, of we weeks. would have probably invaded them. In an, in an organic way russia might have as well which was the main reason we dropped the atom bomb was to keep russia out of asia yeah. um like yeah, russia might have invaded him as well like the world might be a different place and probably the u.s and russia would have eventually developed their own nuclear weapons later but and i mean like yeah. japan had terms of surrender submitted to the united states when we dropped the bomb and it was just the united states said no you're going to surrender unconditionally yeah and they said no we won't and then they said hold on bet yeah yes you will andrew i i've noticed this among people roughly our age um what do you think of josh peck being the first person to detonate <laughs> an atomic bomb uh wait no, he he didn't detonate it he did he the, oh was he did. okay he pressed the fucking button <laughs> i i thought that was like i thought that was like the safety kind of no, thing but no. yeah no they're, they're josh the, Beck single-handedly dropped the first ever nuclear weapon that's megan um <laughs> megan <laughs> the uh it was like oh uh, drink where's the deep where's the demon core <laughs> um you know it, it's fucking wild the ensemble cast that they had in that movie and like a lot of people for seemingly no reason like yeah. rami malik's character who was there almost as a joke to like not say anything and hold up a clipboard multiple times and then he's until the, the end that, yeah, yeah we knew eviscerates straws i knew i was like dude fucking there you don't hire rami malik to be a like random site like he's gonna be something huge like 
I forgot I, that I, Gary, for not Gary Oldman it. was Truman. <laughs> Again, crucial character. Yeah. Like, One they, they scene. Cast, they cast the big names in the very important parts, even if they were small parts. Like, And yeah, I, I do feel like Josh Peck was needlessly distracting. Like, yeah. Dude, like, Us, through though. no fault of his own. Yeah, like, no, the was man like, was why? just doing his job. Why like, is Josh Peck here? It could have been anyone. Why is Josh Peck? I think you ask a 40-year-old, like, hey, was Josh Peck's casting weird in this? And they'd be like, who? What the fuck are you talking about? No, it's just us who had, like, early childhood, the Amanda show, and then Drake and Josh. And, like, oh, yeah, this is but the people who are on Vine. Like, if you were on Vine, you say know Vine, who Josh Peck is. Fucking, uh, what's his everyone name? Everyone else. Yeah, you're fine. Who's the YouTuber um, that, he's, that he did a bunch of videos with? Oh, uh, David Dobrik. Yeah, David Dobrik. Like he, he's been quote unquote relevant for a while now. Yeah, and now he's in Oppenheimer. I, I wanted to look up the guy that he played, uh, Bainbridge. Yeah, they're all based on real people. Yeah, I mean, to to see if like maybe he was a dead fucking ringer, and they're like, oh my god, that guy looks like Josh Peck. We got to get him on board. No, (laughs) he's definitely supposed to be young. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think that was what they're really trying to get across is like the youth of the Manhattan Project. He was he was forty. I mean, like, which is young for academia. But like when when they did the test, yeah, this guy was 40. was forty years old. Yeah. How old? Wait, how old is Josh Peck? Is Josh Peck forty? Josh like Peck's forty. No, nah, I bet she's like thirty-five. He is thirty-six. Thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Within a year, I'll give it to you. I'm good um, at estimating celebrity ages, plus or minus two years. Not valid. Um, I enjoyed the movie as well. The only critique I'm going to offer in this group, at least, because I don't want to rain on your parade. I don't want to rain on your burning man. Uh, we're making that an expression now. Um, the movie is a little self-serious. I understand dealing with a, sub- a serious subject matter. Oppenheimer was a fucking weirdo, though, and the movie didn't go nearly far enough in Lucas wanted I, more quips. Yeah, but not quips. I just like crack wise. <laughs> this is a maniac who ate nothing but candy and beer and was cheating on his partners constantly. Like, and they they definitely portray him as a fucking freak. Like yeah. he I get it that you don't think they went far enough, but like for the sake of the movie for it to not be literally about <laughs> how weird he is like yeah they had to take artistic license and yeah i agree with andrew they he was a freak like in the movie <laughs> for sure but so serious and so cool but still yeah, a freak he, i mean he is he, serious and he is cool yeah he, <laughs> he's also ass. like completely you know up his own ass and like yeah. talking shit to people constantly because he knew he was that good yeah there's nothing there's he was a self-serious guy. He he took himself very seriously, despite the fact well, the that he was a fucking weirdo. Um, and then the only other argument I'll make, it like I I feel like the movie was really good about uh, making clear that like Oppenheimer was not solely responsible for the atom bomb, that like it was a very talented team of people, and that almost by happenstance, almost like because of some of his like social and sexual proclivities, that like he was put in charge uh, of the project. Um not because he was like a uniquely qualified genius, but because like he was the most controllable of the bunch. Um, I, I like that. I like that the movie took the time to do that. I think, and this is getting into a territory of 
well, this I'm not evaluating the movie on what it actually is, but what I kind of wish it was, but it was getting really close to being like, hey, what if there was just a whole movie about the making of the atom bomb, uh, just holistically instead of focused through the lens of Oppenheimer, because it really seemed like every member of that ensemble cast had just an uh, as interesting a story to tell as Oppenheimer. Well, I think sure, you want a but... docu-series. Like, yeah. You, want, you really do you want, want like a, a ten fully nuanced, two-hour-long episodes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's doable. And yeah, I agree. That would be a fantastic topic to do that on because it's a fascinating time in history. Really, any any documentary focused on, like, the 40s through the 80s is, yeah, like, fascinating because of the progress being made in all walks of life across mm-hmm. every topic like the the fact that everything was changing that quickly like it's, it's not necessarily true anymore in terms of like development so i think we all long for a time where it was just like one person could be like holy shit they split the atom what the fuck that's not real like let's go test it holy shit it's real we can do like let's figure this out like that that just doesn't really happen anymore. Like we all Nobel prizes are now given out to teams of people. They're mm-hmm. no longer, you cannot have one person come up with a fascinating theory anymore because it's just, it's too complex. We, it's, we've, we've been we've there. Come we've too done far. that. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. That yeah. being said, where's the spitting in the uh, uh, Christopher Nolan ranking? It's it's for me it's like right outside that like S tier. Mm. It, it's 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 along with some of the more like A tier movies like Interstellar and I don't know yeah. Batman Begins and stuff. Like there's there's that S tier of like undeniable. For me, it's like yeah, Interstellar, or Interstellar uh, Inception, uh, Dark Knight, and Prestige that are just like the undeniable best personally. And then it's it's right outside there. Like his his good stuff is like damn. He really put it together and I really enjoyed this movie from beginning to end. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's hard to be yeah his best because of how prolific and insane and influential he's been on movies in general. Like, I think, I think it's, it's cool to see him go back to kind of more original storytelling lately, you know? Yeah. Um, I saw. I'm sorry. We're, I'm sorry. We're calling Oppenheimer original storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, okay. <laughs> I, you don't think so? It's not based on it's a not an original IP, story. Like, it, okay. Yeah, that's the concept. He's he's telling a story that hasn't been told in cinema before. Yeah, I feel I, like the in cinema before is an asterisk, but I'm sorry, I'm getting derailed. Uh, you, Andrew- you, Lucas, you've always had a thing against Christopher Nolan, like, and I'm not saying that you're wrong for it. Like, you, like, you know, criticisms like are valid, even if I disagree with them. But like, the first Christopher Nolan movie that I saw was Inception, and I saw it. I'm like, this movie fucking rocks. I love this movie. I immediately called you up and I said, come on over. We're going to watch this movie. I watched them like I watched that movie two days in a row because you came over the next day and we watched it and you said that movie sucked. <laughs> you think Inception <laughs> sucks still? Or is that high school edgelord, Lucas? I think Inception's a fun movie. So it sucks. Yeah. You, you, you didn't really like uh, Interstellar because of the whole like Cinema Sins, you know, power of love, black hole thing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's always been that edge. Also, 
I saw someone say recently that like Oppenheimer's Christopher Nolan's most straightforward storytelling yet, or it's his easiest to understand movie. And I was like, did you not see the Batman movies? Yeah. Those are all just three of the Batman movies. Start at the beginning and end at the end, like very easy to understand movies. Yeah. I, Andrew, you'd made this point before. And like, well, I well, I appreciate that he was using black and white for like the this is taking place in the future. Uh, I enjoyed that. I think that and like the washed out color palette, like during the like the hearing section, like that all took place in that one little room. Like everything was like not black and white, but like very desaturated. And then like everything that was happening during the Manhattan Project was like very colorful and lively because that was like mm-hmm. him in his element. That was his and, life. Like yeah, that, that, he would always look back on that as his. It's one of those things where yeah, like when you do something so great. That it's just like, what's the rest of my life now? Like, that there's, I will not be able to top that no matter how hard I try. And that's another, yeah, like, impotent rage moment of, like, success has defeated you, which I feel like is a theme in a lot of Nolan movies. Like Jesus wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. I mean, it is weird. Like, I think all of us, to some extent, have gotten to the point where we're just like, ah, we've... We've done a thing that we we I've had peaked. wanted, yeah, or just like a thing that we'd wanted to do for a long time, and you do get that sense of like, oh, well, wait, now what? Like that was that was almost too fast. It it was over too quickly. Like, where do we go now? What are you talking so, about? I wake up every day and I'm like, damn, I did it. I got a job that's healthcare and anime. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now what do you do? I have a job that's healthcare and anime. What else is there? You just roll that for the rest of your life for the next 40 years. (laughs) Like, I feel like there's a little sense of, right? Like you've, you've made it to the mountaintop and you're like, well, shit. I'm at the mountaintop. Yeah. Just going to live on a mountaintop for 40 years. No need to. I'm eclectic and I can do other stuff. I can like, well, let me piddle around with this for a while. Get some entertainment out of that. Maybe I'll take a helicopter ride to another mountain top. Mountain top. <laughs> I don't need to climb anymore. I'll just jump around these mountain tops. Uh, Andrew, where are you ranking this uh, one amongst the uh, Nolan catalog? Um, you know, I, I haven't seen every single one. I haven't seen Tenet. And I haven't seen Dunkirk. Oh shit! I never watched The Prestige. That was on my list for a long time, and yeah. I completely forgot about it. Fuck. Um, Prestige, watch that one first for sure. Uh, I would say not as good as Inception or um, uh, The Dark Knight. I th- I think it's better than the other two Batman movies. Um, I it's a better movie than Interstellar, but I like Interstellar more just because. Mm. I like the enjoyment I get out of it, but like it is a better movie than Interstellar. That's me with Dark Knight and Prestige, where it's like, I think Prestige is a better movie than the Dark Knight, but I like the Dark Knight more. I, hmm. It's wild to put these movies next to each other, but yeah, no, I think I enjoy Oppenheimer as much as Inception. So you didn't like either? (laughs) (laughs) Both are good. (laughs) <laughs> i can recognize hey quality filmmaking i appreciate it like interesting uh, the use of sound in oppenheimer fucking brilliant like if it's not active it should sweep that category in award season um but yeah no it did not i uh, didn't resonate with me on a deeper emotional level 
how did you like andrew you talked a lot about how like this movie actively played towards some of your biggest fears i'm over here like hey if we were gonna die in nuclear annihilation trump would have done that so yeah i'm not so sure my guy oh you're not so sure no biden got his finger on the button right now but bro we we're we're in our 20s (laughs) you think biden's the last president we're ever gonna have i don't know man this shit's fucked up have you so um one of the early episodes of behind the bastards i went back to like the beginning is -hmm. about um stalin's drunk years and basically joseph stalin um for the last 10 years or so of his life one of his strategies for keeping his men in line like all of his lieutenants was invite them over every single night and all night long just get absolutely hammered like Mm -hmm. more drunk than anyone else has ever been and that was like they couldn't plot against him because they were constantly either hung over or wasted like that was their like how they lived and a ton of them died of like yeah, all sorts of health conditions related to that, including Stalin. Um, but yeah, like so the Soviet Union had developed nuclear weapons, but they didn't really have the button like that they do that, you know, like that that mm-hmm. in the U.S. has nowadays, the nuclear football. I feel like if they had that, I don't know, man, like that, that does not seem conducive for like level headed, good decision making. Like they talked about some of the policy that they enacted during those periods and it's pretty fucking weird man like i don't know that it wouldn't have just been in some sort of drunken rage just like you know what let's do it what's the worst that could happen like i just icbms hadn't really been yeah. around in the same way where it could be at a moment's notice so i mean and like the whole con like icbms not only are they like launched you know dozens of them at once but each one of them has like a dozen warheads in it so the idea is that they drop the warheads in orbit and they completely blanket an area with multiple bombs and like you do that enough times and everything's gone like (laughs) there was a video released like two or three days before i watched oppenheimer by kurzgestadt and it was like a minute by minute description of like what happens at the start of a nuclear war and like all of the, the different decisions that have to be made within the span of like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it was fucking horrifying. And then after that, they were like, here's all the times that people did actually try to launch nuclear weapons. They just failed. It happened three times. Yeah. <laughs> three fucking times. They tried. They tried <laughs> and they failed. <laughs> like American generals have advocated for tactical usage of nuclear weapons since we got nuclear weapons. Like, as recent as I think a few years ago, there were reports that national security directors were advocating for the use of tactical nuclear weapons in various conflicts in the Middle East. Like, we're, we don't get it. We didn't learn our lesson. And I feel like that was what actually changed Oppenheimer. <laughs> When they talk about like, what changed? Why'd you grow a heart? And it's genuinely because he was a fucking loser who didn't understand that like, nah, man, humans are fucked. Like we will, no one's going to be scared by this. If anything, it's only going to enable our worst desires. Like the only thing that has held us back is fear. But that's also the only thing that is pushing us forward is that same fear in a weird, twisted, like... If, if everyone has a gun, then we're all safe. <laughs> like yeah, the, the naivety 
or naivete of like that conversation between Oppenheimer and Niels Bohr, two exceptionally intelligent people like that rank in modern history, like both agreed that like, hey, we get this war's done. Like, yeah. Because this is so bad, no one's <laughs> going to ever be willing to do this. So, like, all war will be done forever. And then, like, as soon as they finish, they're like, ooh, <laughs> that was wrong. Really like, wrong. Yeah. Patton wanted to nuke Russia while we were in World War II. It's like, we're already here. Let's, Let's fucking get war. it over with. Let's take over the planet. Why not? They'll never be weaker than they are right now. Basically, we we have a unique position where we are the only ones with weapons capable of ending life on Earth. Let's do it. Let's let's be the guys. Why not? So, it's uh it's interesting. I agree. I I am scared of nuclear annihilation. I'm glad you're not, Lucas. I'm glad you don't live in that fear. Yeah, good on you. But. Nah, you know. I'm going out on top anyway, so what's the matter? Yeah, you're on the mountaintop. Yeah. I, but again, it's not for my own personal... I do genuinely have an appreciation and a love for like mankind. I think we are beautiful in a terrifying way. Like We, we are a representation of nature. Everyone thinks that like humans have now transcended nature and we're no longer a part of nature and we're destroying nature. And it's just like, no, we are very much a part of what has allowed us to become this. And now we are like potentially going to destroy it all before we can actually perception. Like we can understand nature and, and the lives that we're living. And that's not a thing that very many other living things can do. Humans have limitless potential, like quite literally over the course of the next few billion years, we can absolutely be anything, be incomprehensibly, advanced beyond where we currently are recording a podcast at this microphone so the concept of nuclear annihilation isn't a personal fear of safety even though like yeah obviously i don't want to fucking die like it is more just that absolute loss of limitless like trillions and trillions of life forms down the line that could create a better world a a more just world a more a, a literal utopia for not just humans, but all beings. Like, yeah, I I appreciate the animal kingdom, but at the end of the day, I always end up coming back to like hu- a human life is worth more than animal's life because of potential. And that's why, yeah, with humankind, it's all about potential. And so the the the, the concept of me dying and that being the end of humans, like I saw all we did would be very disappointing and sad. For me i'd be like wow that's lame yeah. <laughs> we fucking it, suck <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where like i always hated when people you know use that old adage of like you know we're just you know a sack of meat filled with bones like flying on a rock through outer space like the whole like like optimistic nihilism yeah, trying to like minimize yeah. yeah because it's like we are special like we fucking yeah. are special there's at the very least there's nothing like us for a while like yeah. like out, we we haven't come across any evidence of intelligent life which means that wherever it is it's so far away that we can't perceive it and it can't perceive us at least not yet yeah, um, as far as we know yeah as hey, far as we know maybe, like yeah maybe there, learned the dark forest <laughs> filter yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's a whole thing there i get that but like if we do just flip the off switch and that's the end of human history like that's so fucking awful not just for us but like the whole concept of life and 
Like, that's not a thing that if we end this whole fucking section of the universe is just dead. Like, and that's the next billion or two however long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, and again, the earth is going to survive, but it's, it's that loss of potential that's just, ah, it's fucking brutal. Like, I don't, I don't want that. It's the, it's the reason that I do want this, like, one of my, if I could snap my fingers, it would be this functional immortality. It would be the end of non consensual death, is because I want to see where we go as a species. And, like, yeah, would I be completely disappointed? Decent chance. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, holy shit. We just can't get it together. Like it, it, we're we're Ben Simmons, you know. We're, we're we we have all the potential in the world. We can't make a three, guy, but we are just broken. Like we have limitations that we cannot overcome, and it's brutal to watch. That's there's a real chance of that. But like I think, given enough time, like we would work through that. And yeah, the thought that one thoughtless person could bring all of that crashing down is. Uh, it's probably yeah one of my biggest fears. So, I don't know. Oppenheimer spoke to that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad y'all could take that away from the film. Lucas was like, I don't know, man. It was pretty. It was pretty mid. <laughs> I mean, compared to Barbie, compared to Asteroid City, a little bit. Asteroid City. Doesn't Sal throw Barbie in there 100 percent No, really? I, I I will defend Barbie to the ends of the earth. I don't think you can properly compare Barbie and Oppenheimer. I That's why they're such an movies. interesting double feature. Yeah, That's they where both the have joy completely, comes from. Yeah, like I when people people were talking about um God, there was another like horror movie and Paw Patrol as like <laughs> a double feature. And it's like the reason Barbenheimer was so fascinating wasn't even because they're so different as a movie. It's because what they're trying to do mm-hmm. is so different as a movie. You know, like what what the, their mission statement when they set out to make the movies are so on opposite ends of the spectrum and so equally valid and important to me personally that like I'm just like this is fascinating and I love both of them and I yeah I, I fucking love Barbenheimer it's gonna be Barbie I love Barbenheimer yeah, I, love, yeah. I love that weekend that's kind of that's feel like, go, it's gonna be a box set right there is yeah. going to be a box oh, that has yeah. both of those movies I hope so on like DVD or Blu-ray in there I'd yeah. have to go back in time but I don't think that there'd be a single weekend that released two movies that I love as much as both of these movies like they're it's gonna be really hard to split hairs at the end of the year and pick my one that I liked most because it's very difficult to compare the two. And I think they both succeeded equally in what they set out to do. And uh, I don't know. We're going to find out in three months, which is terrifying that 2023 is almost over. Oh, bring it on. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are almost over, I'm in chapter four of five in Armored Core six. Even though I'm not actually almost over with it, I, I'm pretty sure you have to play the game multiple times to get the true ending. Um, so the magic space oil uh, that like several corporations and eventually the UN is fighting over. Unobtainium, um, yeah. Classic. Yeah, that's sentient. Oh, the oil's sentient? Yep, that's hmm. a mode of life. Good. That is... Uh, isn't, that a, from, isn't that a thing from like Final Fantasy 7? Yeah, but that's more like ethereal. That's like, oh, this is like the spirit of humanity. No, the oil talks to you. <laughs> mm. The oil can be several 
different people and it talks to you. Uh, it's not totally clear that um, the corporations understand this. Uh, I imagine they do. But yeah. boy, are you burning the oil in your mech suit? Not me personally, but uh, <laughs> other people. He's running off clean coal. Yeah, what, are, what are you running off of? This is my next question. I, I just, Probably like a fucking fusion reactor. I don't know. <laughs> like, are you sure you're not burning the magic oil? <laughs> uh, so my mech, no. Has magic oil been injected into my body so that I can interface better with the mech? Yes, absolutely. Did that so it's kill fuel and it's a thing that can go inside of you? Yes. Did did the oil that went inside of you die, per se? Or are you talking to it? Are you two different people? Uh, I am now talking to it, yes. Like, there uh, was hmm. an explosion, and that's when the space oil in my body gained sentience. Um, oh, so it's not... It, w- it wasn't sentient before? Sentient? Uh, that's not entirely clear. Like, yeah. I think all of it, like, has the potential to be sentient, but, like, there, you need to amass enough of it for it to gain sentience. Mm, is this an abortion thing? <laughs> is this, like, uh, what is life? Is the potential for life life? Like, I mean, this is a metaphor for how capitalism has reinvented slavery, basically. That, like, mm. hey, d- d- man, would capitalism, would capitalism destroy lives, like, literally in order to make money, in order to fuel uh, destruction or needless splendor. Gleefully. Armored Core 6 says, yes, absolutely. I'm glad. That's a true fact. Good good for Armored Core, yeah. As if we need examples of capitalism literally murdering people for profit. Uh, That happened today, I'm sure. Yeah. everywhere that happened now as we're speaking a uh, good metaphor fun metaphor um another thing that's very fun in this game uh, i had talked previously about just how much i loved rocking dual shotguns in this game you want to get such a great contrast <laughs> yeah. no that's <laughs> the magical space oil is a metaphor for t- capitalism into bro fucking Akimbo shotguns is pretty great. <laughs> That's you, like, oh man, Call of Duty Black Ops. It uh, you know, like really did a good job of like highlighting Cold War anxiety. Also, the FAMAS fucking rips, yeah, dude. <laughs> I FAMAS mean, had more lie, DPS, though? had more DPS than any other gun, while also having minimal recoil. It's not fair. I mean, it, we but love it, Lucas. That's such a a you way of like explaining a, a good thing about something that you like just stating a fact about it like this There's is this shotguns. game is good you can have two shotguns and it no. rips <laughs> no hold let me finish though let yeah. me armored core six isn't maybe my game of the year because it lets you go akimbo with shotguns it's maybe my game of the year because it lets you rock four shotguns at once yeah i was like you're about to say something even dumber (laughs) i am just i am soaring into battle like some kind of mechanical angel of death two shotguns in my hands two more strapped to my back these are on your switching between the yeah no uh so you can mount like um like rocket launchers and stuff to the back of your mech uh, but you can upgrade that lets you turn that into a weapon bay where you can store uh like weapons that can only be used in your hands. Um yeah. Or 
are you using these shotguns against other mechs or are these like against humans uh exclusively mechs there are humans in the mechs some of the time but like just mechs i don't think shotguns would be particularly effective against mechs. like i i shoot shotguns like you can't just make a bigger shotgun and have it be more powerful like it that's not how that works that's not how any of this works like the, no, the individual I, BBs are just gonna bounce at off a certain the armor. point. You are just like hitting it with a hammer. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like four hammers that are reloading in a timing that allows me to do it near continuously, just repeated until whatever flesh, fleshy, weak little baby man is inside of that armored core is concussed into jelly. This That's is like my when you said style, the, and it's amazing. The reason that Elden Ring was good was because you had the like Death Star laser that you could just like one shot all the bosses with. I yeah, that's hype as shit. After like forty hours of the game of you struggling tooth and nail, and then you get the win button, and then you start fighting bosses that the win button doesn't work against, and then you are back. You are back to being a weak baby flailing against a god, and eventually you beat that god, and it is incredible. Ah. Also, I want to say that uh, yeah, you can customize your mech a lot. Um. So my build that has four shotguns going off near continuously, uh, I slapped the bisexual pride flag colors onto it. Um, so yeah, between the, uh, the shotguns, the gay shit, uh, and like the anti-capitalism sentiment, this game has like 75% of my identity going on at once, and you, I'm into it. If the, the anime waifu shows up, then it's, you got You're all done. four. It's game over. I mean, like... Oh, Andrew, 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 of course, of course, the sentient oil speaking to you is voiced by the same woman who voiced the girl in the most recent season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, it's Cortana, but it's like goo that's inside of you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Armored Core, fantastic. I... I can't wait to get through this first playthrough and then immediately go through the two other playthroughs I need to to actually 100% the game. Um, I don't get Japanese games. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand this. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. Uh, Replayability doesn't mean you are forced to play it again. I was yeah. thinking about this. Like, everyone came to Starfield like with the talks of, oh this is an infinite game like a lot of the branding you can play this forever and it's just like man i'm here in armored core 6 and like the amount of customability the amount you can change up a robot for as much as i like doing my dual shotgun build i don't know i feel like i could play armored core 6 more infinitely than starfield right now and also yeah yeah i I said this earlier uh, a lot of controversy over pronouns and identity politics in starfield which Anyone complaining about that is a jerk off who can. Yeah. 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 Whatever. I saw so many Twitch streamer reactions of just utter pronouns. Ah. Like going to a Bethesda devs Twitter. I mean, like, of course they got their pronouns in their fucking. Yeah. No, bisexual pride play pride flag mech is like, ah, oh, yeah, that's me. This is what I'm about. I My like, identity. I, I feel like represented both. in this game. What if you could put each color on every shotgun? 
what would that represent, Lucas? <laughs> Lucas is. <laughs> you gave him an idea. Whoa. Rotate through oh. the colors of the bisexual flag as you're shooting people. Holy shit! Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm enjoying that um, a lot. Uh, also, the One Piece live action series, pretty good actually. Got the vibes right. I have very high-minded thoughts about that, but I know you two don't give enough of a shit to engage with that, which is totally fair. Hey, it's live-action anime. Yeah. Which means it's not weird. Yeah, which means it's no longer anime. Even though it's trying... The directional choices in this are very strange. I appreciative of the source material but very strange and maybe yeah, doesn't it like always understand very it. identical to the source material and people it's, were like what it's trying to be okay but then it's like not featuring characters that are kind of thematically important hmm. like yeah it i don't know i feel like a lot of the direction of the show is like the this is the elevator pitch. This is like the the ad team for One Piece describing One Piece for these people and then them emulating that, but not understanding maybe mechanically why some of these characters are important or necessary. Curious. Uh, anything y'all want to shout out before we talk about the Badgers game a little bit, if at all? Oh, <laughs> and, and, oh no, Andrew doesn't even want to talk about the Badgers. Andrew doesn't want to do nothing. Yeah. Um... No, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, it's been a good week. A lot oh, of traveling. Good. Go to oh, the Hoover yeah. Dam. It's cool. Ooh. It's pretty lit. Do you get like a tour? Are you in there? Are you seeing yeah. Megatron? You gotta spend 30 bucks, but oh. no, you get you get in them guts. Like you are you are in the fucking wall, halfway up, staring out a ventilation shaft, like five hundred feet up, just chilling. In in a place that you, you tourists were never intended to go. Oh, like inside the Hoover Dam, they have areas that are like that was always intended for tourism. So it's like Art Deco and yeah. like very of the 30s and everything. And then you get in the guts and it's like just raw concrete and the tunnels are only like five foot six. So you have to hunch down the whole way. And like you're like, nope, they didn't expect people to be I, walking around in here. Uh, two questions. Um, why did they change that? Why are they allowing people back there now? And two, that's fucking rad. <laughs> valid. Yeah. Okay. That's the reason it's worth thirty bucks, so I guess it has. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh, and then, like, is that? I don't know. Unsettling at all to be like, man, this is what's holding this all back. This is the technology, the engineering at place here. It is. Like, yeah, but at the same time, it's so ridiculously over-engineered for very specific reasons related to L.A., actually, is there was basically a dam in L.A. in 1922 that burst. Um, Los Angeles controlled all of the water rights Mm -hmm. from this dam, and that was why a lot of cities were being swallowed up by Los Angeles and now are, like, neighborhoods in Los Angeles. Like, Studio City is an example. Like, Studio City used to be an independent city and then los angeles controlled the water rights swallowed it up and it became part of los angeles proper mm-hmm. um and then 1922 this dam burst killed hundreds of people and it kind of halted that progression so that's why cities like burbank santa monica beverly hills like they're still independent um because they hadn't quite fallen yet but they were probably about to uh all become part of greater mm-hmm. los angeles 
and this dam burst. And then the Hoover Dam was such a giant project that was conceived of pre-Great Depression, but it was very clear early on that like the execution was going to be very important for providing mm-hmm. jobs. Like, and this was going to be a huge boost to all sorts of economies and everything like that. And they were just like, if this thing fails, like the, the effect it'll have on American morale is horrific. So yeah, it was just ridiculously over-engineered by every standard. They had like a 5.1 magnitude earthquake. It was designed to withstand up to 8.6, which will basically never happen in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like they used to do quarterly inspections. Now they only do biannual because they're just like, we've basically never found an issue. <laughs> like the the amount of stuff that we find on these things are just basically nothing. You do get a sense of the scale when you're inside of it. Like you go inside the generator room, which is on the end of the wall mm-hmm. and you look all the way across and it's like a football field, you know, like it's a huge yeah. expanse. And they're like, from here to that wall, that's the thickness of the dam. Like that's how thick this wall is at the bottom. Like it is like 400 feet thick, you know, like you do kind of go like, okay, I I get it now. Like when you're at the top and it's just like a narrow road with two sidewalks and you're like, it's kind of thin up here, but no, in like the meaty part of the dam, that shit is, that shit is strong. So I recommend it. It's Very a cool, cool trip. And yeah. It costs 30 bucks, but yeah. Pretty worth it. Pretty unique experience. Uh, how was the orb in person? <laughs> the orb is pretty fucking wild too. Oh, you like ponder it's... that thing? You ponder that shit? Yeah. During yeah. daytime, it's not as impressive because the sun will shine on it and you can kind of see the metal frame under the screens. Oh. Um, but yeah, at night it is creepy. Like it, it really does throw off your perception of reality a little bit that it's so crystal clear you know, your brain really does think like you're looking at a TV screen instead of a window. And it's just like that. I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. So perfect cool. for Vegas. Yeah, basically. Uh, all right. Yeah. Badgers won. I don't know if it was by enough for the shadowy college football council to look upon our boys favorably, but they won. That's good. If we if we keep winning, it won't matter. Just win, baby. If you if you go undefeated, you're not going to be kept out of the playoffs. So until you lose, no reason to panic. Doesn't matter how bad it is, how ugly it is. The year that we were almost undefeated and we only lost to Ohio State, we had some ugly games that did not did not go our way, and we still managed to squeak it out. That's all that matters. You just got to squeak it out. So and we didn't squeak it out like we did win by right pretty sizable margin just didn't look that great doing it so oh well all right that'll just about do it for episode two hundred and thirty one of the voluntary viewing podcast which will almost certainly be titled Drake where's the demon core if you like what you heard like comment subscribe etc check us check us out on Instagram YouTube and TikTok for our highlight clips act the link in the description to help a collection of great progressive causes. Support us on Patreon and join the likes of Tiffany Cole and Sucky Badger. Uh, follow us on Twitter for updates at V2 underscore podcast and follow me at Lucas DeWriter on Twitter. But or follow me on Blue Sky, Lucas DeWriter on Blue Sky. Be cool. Be on Blue Sky if you need to. I got an invite code. I got a wealth of invite codes. Yeah. I can hook you up if you promise to be chill, not embarrass me on there. All right. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your week. See you back.